Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And, uh, <laughs> you alright? For the folks at home who missed this, we just had a five-minute discussion about how we need to be careful about looking into the camera a little more, because, hey, guess what? We're on YouTube now. We're on YouTube now. So, of course, the instant I look up, I see Andy looking straight at me on the, ca- on the camera shot, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> Did I frighten you, Bruce? Does my visage frighten you? Um, uh, Yeah, uh, you know, this is our our second episode, uh, second full episode, that we are now uh, doing a video version. Uh, So if you you want to go follow us on YouTube, uh, go do that. Uh, I put some some effort into making us look so shiny. Uh, But... uh, you know, we'll we'll still be putting this out audio only, as you can tell if you are listening audio only. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, it's just a little fun thing we wanted to try out for our season ten. Uh, as we as we approach episode one hundred, right? It's very so, exciting. So, just a note for those of you who are just listening. For the next three minutes, Andy and I are going to make silly faces and do weird things and not say anything for the next three minutes. You'll want to fast forward through the next three minutes, okay? I'll, I'll throw in some fart noises for you. <laughs> um, so, Andy, what are we talking about today? Today, today, I, I, I've been mulling this this topic over for a long time. Uh, ironically, uh, because. We're, we're talking about impulse draw, which... Uh, what, 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 wait, what? Impulse draw? Oh, I thought draw? we were talking about impulse control. Oh. oh. Okay, my notes are going to be completely different then. <laughs> well, uh, you can talk about that. I'll talk about impulse draw uh, right. and see where we meet up. Uh, I think it'll make for an interesting episode. <laughs> Should be good. But... I mean, so I guess we'll we'll start by talking about what impulse draw is. Impulse draw yeah. uh, has been around for a long time, but uh, it got its name from, I th- believe, uh, from the Magic Corset twenty fifteen card Act on Impulse. So I'll read the card out. It will generally explain what impulse draw is. Um, Act on Impulse is two and a red. For Sorcery, it says, Exile the top three cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may play cards exiled this way. Uh, that's it. So, it is... Um, it's a it's a way to dig through your deck to essentially draw more. But, with Act on Impulse specifically, those cards go into exile, and then they stay exiled if you don't play them this turn. Um you know, you could find this in almost any color, um, but it's mainly in red and black, uh, but, like, super, super red. Like, it's a super red thing, and they've really been, like, honestly, since, like, M20, maybe? They've been, like, really digging into the this idea. Uh, I think that it's... Uh, been super helpful for me to understand kind of card quality but also like draw quality I think that okay. uh, 
it's been helpful for me to understand uh, what's the word uh, card when you're up a card uh, card advantage card advantage thank you yeah. uh, because like obviously it's not the same as drawing a card but uh, if you think about it in the way that like if you draw enough cards you're going to be discarding at the end of the turn anyway it's it's pretty similar i think that there it's it, i think it's hard to argue that it's better in any way than regular draw but i think that uh i guess the it, the discounted rate that you usually get per card is is generally what what you're looking at here um, right yeah so i just kind of wanted to talk about it with regards to commander um i think that with uh 1v1 format um or even a 60 card format you could definitely you know go on about how limited your card supply is in general um and drawing would be notably better in those formats uh but i think that in commander the loss of the card uh isn't necessarily um detrimental <laughs> Like, there's, you know, there's the lack of possibility going forward uh, if it's just exiled straight up. But uh, I, I don't think that that's as big of an issue as uh, it seems to be on face value. Um, well, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, with the, uh, with the card not going to the graveyard, mm -hmm. it just being exiled... The thing is, is that if you do... Okay, so if you play the card from Exile, you're playing the card, so when it's... So when the, you know, the instant or sorcery is complete, it does end up in the graveyard anyway. Mm -hmm. If you're playing a creature that's, uh, you know, that, that you've drawn through impulse drawing that's currently in Exile, it comes onto the battlefield, and when it dies, it goes to the graveyard. The only real difference here is when you're drawing a card... A regular draw is if you do have too many cards in hand and you're forced to discard, you discard to the graveyard, which arguably is is is, ben, is more beneficial than than having it sit in exile, where in theory you can't get to it. Right. Um, whereas, I mean, everybody knows the card sitting in your graveyard, you pretty much have ready access to. You know, <laughs> I, I mean. Mo a lot of decks out there. I would argue close to half of the decks out there can easily access anything in a graveyard, especially when it's your turn. Um, so I just, there's, you know, to me that, you know, that's where the difference lies as far as, you know, the the quote unquote discard aspect of, right. of card draw, so. Um, yeah, and I think that like, you know, it's, it's definitely like a, it's a hard, a hard thing to argue that it is, like I said, like it's just, it's hard to argue that it's at all better, especially where like you're <clears throat> paying, like with, um, what was it? With Act on Impulse, mm -hmm. um, it's a sorcery. So you're paying three mana up front to look at the top three cards of your library to be able to play any or all of them. So like anything before turn four is essentially being dumped immediately because like it's either 
unless it you hit the jackpot and you hit one or two mana value cards, they're just going to be exiled and that's it. Um, yeah, that's the difficulty with, as you said, with the early draw for, for impulse draw, is yeah. you're paying to draw the cards, and usually you end up paying almost all of your mana. So a card like, you know, a card like uh, Act on Impulse early on, really, you're looking at your the next three cards hoping one of them's a land, so you can play it if you need to. Yeah. And there's, because as you say, there's almost nothing that's going to come up that you're going to be able to afford to actually play, and if you don't play it that turn, it's gone. So there's, you know, there are restrictions that way. Uh, to me, the best, the best kind of impulse draw that you're going to see are the ones where it's, uh, where it's repetitive, and it stops costing you something. Where oh yeah, you know, just definitely. simply having a card or a, you know a, a permanent on the battlefield gives you the ability to impulse draw. Each oh for turn. sure, because that's <clears throat> that's where you're going to that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck for with your impulse draw. One of the things I wanted to one of the things I wanted to discuss was more the idea of play it immediately. Um, part of what I like about impulse draw is it eliminates um, the decision making aspect of of the card. It's out there. You have a choice. Play it or don't. It's not as though you've drawn the card and now your choice is when to play it. If you impulse draw a creature, you have your choice to play it now or not. Whereas, and most of the time, if you can afford to, you do it. With regular card draw, you're given the option of holding it and determining when is the best time to play it. Maybe it's not right away. Maybe it's later on. Maybe, uh, you know, there's all kinds of reasons to hang on to it. And <clears throat> I appreciate that that is a benefit of regular card draw over impulse, but I like the idea that that you're that you're uh, cutting back on the number of decisions that that you have to make over the course of the game. I love this, um, mostly because whenever I'm presented with another decision, it's simply another opportunity for me to mess it up, because I consistently make the wrong decision when it comes to things. When it comes to things like this, when it comes to trying to determine when is the right time to play a spell. I mess it up all the time. Mm. I mean, you know, people talk about instance and the idea that you wait until the last possible moment to play the card, and I get that. But when it comes to a creature, like, I'm looking at the card in hand, and I'm looking at, you know, I have three creatures on the battlefield already. Do I play more and, over, and, and commit to the battlefield as it stands? Do I hold back and think to myself, I'm going to hang on to this creature because there's a bound to be a board wipe coming and I'll want to have creatures in hand to start to recover. Impulse draw takes all of those decisions away from you. And I know for better players, that's a bad thing. But for those of us who are not always the best at making <laughs> decisions, man, it is a, it's a delight when those decisions are made for you. Um, <clears throat> and on top of that, it means to me that impulse draw is also something that's great for newer players because... Mm. Here you go. Here's your choice. It's made very simple for you. Play it or don't. Right. You know, play it now or don't. And I like that. Yeah. And and to kind of go off that too, like not only is it, you know, teaching you 
to make you know split decisions um but i think that what it kind of helps too is that it it reinforces or rejects certain cards um and but what i mean about that what i mean yeah about that is like it it, if you find yourself coming across the same card over and over again in Mm -hmm. when you're you know doing impulse draw stuff uh chances are uh you either love coming across it or you hate coming across it and it, it really uh speeds up the the evaluation of certain cards in your decks um if you have this impulse heavy deck like say my lelia deck um yeah it'll look at cards that you know do nothing and really show you that like you don't want this in your deck or it'll show you cards like say Embercleave that are just generically good and right make you evaluate this card in certain aspects that you know, early game, sure, like, it could be helpful, but, like, uh, you could also just tuck it away into exile and never see it again. Um, and so, like, it's it's situational, obviously. Yeah, well, an impulse draw, I think it dramatically changes how you assess the cards. Mm. Um, in a different deck, you know, an instant that you would play during combat, uh, you know, as a surprise against your opponents. Your creatures get trampled. You get plus one, you know, a creature gets a, a bonus. Or, um, you know, surprise. you can surprise somebody with, with uh, you know, with damage or with whatever. In, in a deck where most of your draw is impulse draw, well, there's no surprise. That, there, there's no surprise there. <laughs> It's like congratulations! I've just played a sorcery that allows me to that allows me to uh, pump my creature, one of my creatures. Okay, but I'm not even in combat, so now you know well ahead of time which creature is getting pumped and if they're coming at you or not. So, um, so obviously a card like that in a deck that's loaded with a lot of impulse draw isn't nearly as good as it is in a deck that where you're holding that card in hand and can surprise opponents. Yeah. So so it changes how you build the deck because you're oh, for at, sure. a deck that's loaded with a lot of impulse draw is going to be is going to be a deck where uh, you're you're looking at predominantly permanents. Cards that can get on the battlefield, be there, and then cause, you know, do whatever it's going to do while it's sitting on the battlefield. Or Impulse draw also encourages you to go for the, to go for the big turn. Mm. I think it does. Because oh, absolutely. It's do it now or don't do it. Well, I'm doing it now. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. And like I think uh, to kind of go back to uh, repetitive impulse draw, like you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know the the return on investment is more in your favor. Uh, with things like that so like for instance we have outpost siege which is probably some of the earliest impulse draw that you can find uh coming back from cons block uh it's three and a red for an enchantment it says as outpost siege enters the battlefield choose cons or dragons uh dragons doesn't matter it's not impulse draw don't worry about it it's usually eh, it's usually the one you want to go for unless you're looking for impulse draw uh cons 
says at the beginning of your upkeep exile the top card of your library until end of turn you may play that card so this is the most basic you know enchantment based impulse draw that you'll find uh, right you you play the enchantment you don't get anything until your upkeep and then at the beginning of upkeep uh you get to uh impulse draw one card uh and then it leaves at the end of turn when you've got this sort of thing when you've got this sort of thing out one you have to lean into it mm. um if if you're using impulse draw as essentially as the equivalent of card draw well then you have to deal with all the downsides that come with impulse draw you know you flipped over that card on your upkeep everybody can see what the card is there's yeah. no surprise it's not like this is going to be a big surprise when you play it because everybody can see it it's right there so lean into that i mean a big part of what of what commander does is that rattlesnake option you know uh and for those of you who aren't who, who don't understand the, what i'm saying it's the idea of a card that sits there and warns you of of impending danger so yeah uh, you know, any creature that's sitting on the battlefield has a certain amount of rattlesnake capability just because if you attack me, you know that I could block. Or you know that I have the, the, the ability to attack with that creature. There's a rattlesnake effect there. Well, in this case, there's a rattlesnake because they can see the card. Even if it's just a land, they know you can play the land. If it's a spell or a creature or something else, they know that you can play it that turn, assuming you have the mana to pay for it. But it's there, so you really do want to want to lean into it because not doing that is just basically saying, "I'm accepting I'm accepting all of the limitations that go with impulse draw, and just I'm just going to live with those limitations." Well, okay, so maybe you, you know, if that's what you're going to do, then you might <laughs> want to try and find other ways to just draw cards, mm. you know, because if you're using impulse draw to just straight up you know in a straight up one for one with regular card draw it's just not wise i mean that's, yeah and that's I, I think that um you know in in a casual sense though like at least for me um it is the epitome of of red you know it's it's the the electric uh spontaneous kind of yeah. like go 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 pedal to the metal uh it's this it's this very specific kind of um interaction that i think you can like when when i built lalia prosper had already been printed but i think with prosper um it brought impulse draw into black which i think may have been you know flavorfully right kind of weird um i think I, I think prosper is an amazing commander that i think just kind of really seals um what i'm talking about in terms of impulse draw i think that it is uh, okay. a super useful uh tool uh and i think uh with every set we're getting more and more impulse draw even if it's just like one card uh and right. uh it's either better or worse uh and that's that's always fun to like look at a specific archetype like impulse drop which i i guess archetype is a loose 
a loose term there. Uh, but I think that, like, you know, we've got enchantments, obviously, that that do this repetitive impulse draw. We've got, you know, like right. I said, outpost siege. Uh, and then you've got uh, variants of that. You've got tempered and solitude, which is whenever a creature you control attacks alone, impulse draw, play it this turn. Um, or you've got Valakut Exploration, which is the same thing, but Landfall version. Like, it's it, you've got all these right. versions of the same thing. Um, and then uh, it's always, like, the, the benefit of having a 100-card deck is that uh, even though you're churning these into exile, like, you're you're digging through the rest of it you know um right. and hopefully at least with these 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 permanent based ones you have the chance to play these cards um and what i like about certain ones like furious rise which is at the beginning of your end step if you control a creature with power four or greater exile top card of your library is that you get the effect immediately you don't have to wait for a round to go by to get the card but also uh, you may play that card until you exile another card with Furious Rise. So there was this point where wizards took Impulse Draw, especially on enchantments, and mm-hmm. realized that until end of turn is an awfully short amount of turn if you're pumping mana into that effect. So like, right. you're, it's it's a dangerous game at that point. But I think that with with new technology uh it's it's been greatly increased in terms of it maybe not necessarily power but like usefulness uh and i think lelia was kind of like the the turning point for that uh because not only with with lelia obviously um you got the value out of just the act of impulse draw but she also has her own engine. So, like, it's engine and value right. all in one, which, you know, we see all the time with commanders these days. Um, well, right. And with Lelia, the mm-hmm. other benefit is that you're getting more than just, you know, you get more than just the exile. Mm-hmm. You're getting a benefit from the exile. It's virtually a landfall, but for exile. Right. And she's getting a counter on top of that. So it gets more... So, like, you get more more bang for your buck just because of Lelia being out there. It was interesting because I know when I was thinking about about our podcast before we got to, before we got on air, I kept thinking to myself that you know drawing multiple cards with impulse draw it's not good because if you draw multiple cards, you probably only have the mana to be able to afford to play one. So that's gonna not that's not going to be good. But at the same time, who cares? And for the, exactly the same reasons that you talked about right at the start, we're not worried about running out of cards. So drawing mm. three, three on impulse draw, isn't, you know, you, you have to not see it as, I now have three cards I can play. It's, I get to choose from the top three cards of my deck which one I'm going to play. And that opens up a whole lot more. And that's where you start seeing... Cards like Impulse Draw make a lot more sense in decks with like Lelia, in decks like Dragonstorm, mm. where you're trying to chain together a number of a number of activations. 
so you want more opportunity. You want to be drawing three. Three on your impulse draw. You need to hit something. The worst thing that can happen is if you flip one card and it's not another spell that you can play. So then you're stuck. Um, so it was uh, uh, it was sort of interesting to just you know to sort of go through some of the you know some of the initial thoughts that I had and, and then sort of give it the double think and realize that it doesn't you know that's not the case. It doesn't work right. that way. So. And I think that like you know there there is some there's some credence to the fact that that impulse draw isn't you know, as good as card draw. And, like, I, I keep harping on this point, but I think it's because um, it's got car, it's got draw in the name, so, like, it's it's easily co- comparable. It's... Right. Um, it's a mechanic that allows you to see deeper into your deck. But yeah. I don't think that the card loss necessarily warrants... Uh, well, it to be ignored. No, um, I mean, just like for example, I mean, your average take your average commander game. At mm-hmm. the end of the game, I generally have seen half or maybe just under half of my deck. I recently played a game where I ended up milling fifteen or twenty cards. Hey, Frankie! Speaking uh, of chaos, I ended up milling a hand milling a handful of cards and still didn't see. You know, I, I I still didn't see the bottom four card forty cards of my library. Mm-hmm. And when you play Lelia, I mean, I can recall maybe one time, maybe two when you got decked. And one of those situations, I think, was when somebody was actively milling you while mm. playing Lelia. It just, you know, it, the idea that you can impulse draw more frequently at a better rate than simply drawing a card. It's just not a downside to commander. <laughs> right. You know? Like, especially with those enchantments. Right. Like, you're, like, after, you know, a turn, even after one card, you're getting, car, like, card selection is what it comes down to. You're getting card selection at a better rate. Um, because, like, you're seeing more cards, you're paying less per card, and uh, the... Whether or not you're throwing it away into exile is, at some point, like, not relevant. I think because of the fact that most of the time with a lot of these permanents, especially, you're getting cards for free, (laughs) essentially, just for having the beginning or the end of your turn. Uh, Sure, you're you're showing off what you have, but, like... Uh, you get to play around that. You get to decide when to play it, if to play it. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, bait out certain counter spells. If you want to, uh, you know, just use that as the bait for the counter spell. Then, then go for it. Like it's, it's really irrelevant uh, whether or not you end up having to throw that card away. Uh, and I think that they've been on a, a on a very good streak of uh, turning this mechanic into a proper tool for commander players as well. Um, I think that it is super useful in sixty card decks. I think it's super useful in one v one. But I think that like the advancements that they've made with impulse draw specifically. Uh, 
have really kind of shown legs in Commander. Uh, obviously, we've talked about enchantments, but I think that even uh, I've got two cards here uh, that kind of show how they're considering it at, in the game as a whole. Uh, let me see. Uh, first, we've got Escape to the Wilds, which is three red and a green for sorcery. Exile the top five cards of your library. You may play cards exiled this way until the end of your next turn. And that's kind of like the the next logical step that they could have done. Um, obviously, Furious Rise is very similar, but um, uh, going back to the card, it also says you may play an additional land this turn. Not as helpful. I mean, maybe you're playing... That's the green part of this card. Um Oh, I think that's huge for this. Yeah. If you're um, revealing five cards and you can play an extra land, is it just... The, I'm sorry, is it this turn? This turn. Yeah. Um, of but, those five, you're likely drawing two if your deck is 40% Right. Lines. So it means that, yes, you're going to play an extra land this turn. Assuming you have... You must have the five mana to play this thing out. So assuming you didn't load up on treasures to do it, you're now up to six. Your next turn, you... In theory, we'll have another land because you grew because you had these two in exile. Yeah. So you're gonna. So now you're gonna be at seven, and you've got three cards that you have to play on that yeah. turn. It's and still pretty yeah. good. I like you know. Realistically, if you have two lands that you're exiling off the top of this or off the top of your library in this way, yeah, you get to play both of them. <clears throat> yes. uh, you get to play one this turn. You get to play ne one next turn. So, like, I'm not, I, I don't want to discount you may play an additional land this turn as a throwaway line, but the fact that you get to play any of these cards until the end of your next turn is huge in with it regards to, to Impulse Draw, because I think that, like, the biggest downside of Impulse Draw, like we were talking about, is the fact that you can only play these cards till the end of turn. Um, and I think that uh, it's, it's huge. Um... And I think that we've kind of seen a pinnacle of sorcery speed uh, impulse draw with uh, a crimson vow card, which you know you don't see, you don't hear uh, enough about these the the Innistrad sets because uh, people saw them kind of flavorfully as duds, uh, right? But reckless impulse is one in red uh, for sorcery. Uh, it says exile the top two cards of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards. So, one, I, I think that Impulse Draw has always been, you may play those cards, so you can always play yeah. lands off of them. So, yeah. play play this sorcery before you play a land. But two, the fact that you can play those cards to the end of your next turn is the most important thing. And I think that, like, right. from here on out, that's how we'll see Impulse Draw, is until right. the end of your next turn. Because the 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 mana cost the the investment that you're putting into mm -hmm. drawing these cards off the top of your library is like right important well right and if anybody's questioning um if you have the ability to do an impulse draw you'll want to do that early mm. it should be it should be amongst the first things you do in your turn if the if you are going to do this, just as you, just as important as I mean, if you have the ability to draw a card, you want to do that as early as you can in your turn, because 
you want to know what your options are and you want to know that as early as possible and part of the part of the limitation of impulse draw at least impulse draw that doesn't allow you to hang on to the card until the end of the next turn is you are constantly reassessing what your plan is because that it, you you see your impulse draw it, it's a card that you know it's like looking at your opening card okay what am i doing all right but with impulse it comes in the middle of your turn you know or at whatever point in the turn so you're drawing considering and moving on so it, it to me it's there's a constant um, you know a constant stop to reassess what the plan is does the plan still make sense should i change my strategy based on what the, what's happening here and it's always happening and it's always there when you get an impulse draw that says until the end of the next turn it means you can plan your next turn at least a little bit and have mm. a good sense of what you can and can't do and your opponents can see it's there so again that rattlesnake threat you know if you have a way to do something and it could happen at any moment then you can set up the timing a little better and i think that makes good sense i think it's it's interesting to view this as additional draw it's you know it's it's card visibility uh yeah where you can see what like what your next cards are and uh being able to play them obviously super helpful uh but i think that like where what i find interesting is uh when talking about the new cycle of uh phyrexian praetors um i feel like urbrask is never brought up but urbrask uh gives you an extra draw by impulse draw but it forces your opponents for their first and only i guess uh guaranteed draw uh it will be an impulse draw so uh urbrask is three red red for four four with haste at the beginning of your upkeep exile the top card of your library you may play it this turn impulse draw sure it's not until end of, it's not till your next it's not quote until your next turn but it is still an additional draw to your draw step uh at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep the next time they would draw a card this turn so generally speaking it's their guaranteed draw for the turn uh they uh instead they exile the top card of their library they may play it this turn so you're right. not really discounting any sort of card advantage except they have to get rid of it at the end of turn so like this is honestly the oh. least feel bad praetor there ever was uh right but i don't think that people really understand no because you have to show the card um right and anybody else if you're playing against decks that aren't running a lot of impulse draw then you're creating situations where they are going to flip cards over and they're just going to get hosed Hmm. because because maybe that was a card that they didn't want any that, that's only effective if it's a surprise yeah um, you're you're flipping over the card there's no surprise if your opponents don't if your opponents know that you didn't have anything in hand last turn well they still know that because they can see what you just flipped they know exactly what you've got and they'll continue to know that you don't have anything until you start drawing more cards and being able to put them in your hand so for a deck that's designed with the expectation that they're going to be able to hold cards for a while 
Yeah, that is that's a significant it's a significant downside that uh, I don't think should be underplayed. I'm I like and for as strong as the other Praetors are, um, considering they like really really screw over some some decks, um, it's fascinating that. I mean, it makes sense because it's it's along the same lines, but it's fascinating that Urbrask is the only the first card that you draw that turn. Yeah. Um, so oh, like, it's not even like. Yeah. It's, it's not is bad, but it, it's nowhere near as miserable to right. play against as as some of the other uh, Praetors. Um, but I, I think on that note, we gotta we gotta throw it over to break. And when we get back, uh, I've got a little special thing that I want to throw in, and uh, we'll we'll continue talking about. Uh, I almost said discard. <laughs> <laughs> there goes there goes discard. the whole episode. Uh, we're talking about impulse draw, so we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Harnfell, Horn of Bounty. If you like Impulse Draw, Impulse! Harnfell, Horn of Bounty. How, how was that for a, uh, an impression? Uh, it was a horn of bounty. Uh, we're Very back. Nice. Um, Very nice. Talking about I refuse Impulse to make the obvious draw. horn joke. Oh, please do. No, not going to do it. Nope. Okay. Not going to happen. We're back. uh, Talking about impulse draw and the goodness that people may overlook when it comes to exiling cards to play them. Uh, You know, I think that uh, there's obvious downsides. um, But I think that Overall, it, it teaches us a good lesson on card quality, uh, curving out, being mindful uh, of when to play certain things. Um, you know, you don't want to play Act on Impulse, which is, what was it, two mana? You don't want to play that on curve because then you won't have any mana to play the cards that you draw. Right. Um, but I think that it also... Uh, th- is the reflection of of being mindful. I think that uh, it, it it cares about immediacy, um, and I think that you know at, before the break, Bruce was talking about how uh, impulse draw gives you uh, like with with the 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 fleetingness of. Uh, and I'm gonna say that that word a lot this episode is fleeting. Uh, it, it gives you the opportunity, the a fleeting opportunity to uh, to quickly make decisions because it's either you play it or it's gone. You you quite literally use it or lose it. Uh, and right. I think that overall that's a benefit to especially red decks. Um, and I, I I just generally can't state that enough that I think that. Uh, it's a very good overlooked uh, mechanic, right? Well, and the idea of play it or don't, or lose it, mm-hmm. 
I think that really dovetails or really fits well with treasure. And treasure, I know that treasure is come is pretty much showing up in every color, but it really shows up in red. And the idea that um, getting getting treasure is easier than getting a land. What you, you know, getting one treasure is generally cheaper mana wise than getting one land. So what ends up happening is you you a deck that's heavy on treasures tends to have that bigger single turn because you get this, you know, a splurge of mana uh, for that one turn. Well, the same with impulse draw. An impulse draw tends to be uh, less costly mana-wise than an actual, than, than drawing a card and putting it in your hand. So when you take those two options and put them together, what do you get? You get <clears throat> red decks where they have a bunch of treasure and can do can can sequence a bunch of impulse draws so you get these single massive turns where a bunch of things are happening but they have to happen on that turn now this doesn't necessarily need to be a combo deck it doesn't need to be dragonstorm although i got to admit i'm really tempted to rebuild my dragonstorm deck and, and leaning into impulse draw and 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 treasures but um, it doesn't have to be that. Uh, I mean, I've seen Andy do this plenty of times, where you know, you 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 know, you get a couple of spells. The option is there. You take the shot. You know, draw more cards, add more treasure. Draw more cards, find a little bit more treasure. Work your way up, and end up having a turn where you know you either you know where you can repopulate the battlefield with creatures or. You you know you do significant damage to all of your opponents, or you find or or something else significant happens over the course of the turn because you you know you played numerous spells and, and used up a, a bunch of the treasure in the process, and I think that's uh, that really does dovetail into the way Red wants to play. It I mean Wizards is pushing the whole the the chaotic emotional nature of Red and the idea that you know now or never is it really really fits the theme so um and i really mm. think that that ties into this as well so yeah and i think a, a, a part that i haven't really talked too much about uh with the impulse draw specifically is like there are instant uh ways to create impulse draw you know you've got uh like i kind of talked about uh Harnfell Horn of Bounty, where you discard a card to impulse draw two. Um, and then you've got, I mean, you know, you're talking about treasures. We've got Professional Facebreaker, which is a 2-3 three for three. It's two and a red. Uh, Menace, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. But it also says you can sacrifice a treasure to exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So... You know, if you're pairing red up with, say, blue, you can right. essentially dig for that counter spell. You can dig for, you know, whatever. If you're pairing it up with green, you can dig for certain creatures. Or um, it allows you to like instant versions of of impulse draw allow you to not really necessarily worry about what you're throwing away just as long as you can continue to do it for cheap to finally find that card that you need 
which I find fascinating because in any other color it'd be different. Um, right. Well, I mean, so often a lot of what we're seeing with, with impulse draw, it's essentially little miniature factor fictions. Mm. But your opponents aren't choosing. You get to pick. Mm. So here you go. Here are your options. You pick one. Now, maybe it's not that exciting. Maybe it's, you know, it's one card and you're going to draw. You're either going to play it or you're not. Maybe it's a situation where there's two cards and one of them is a land and you already played your land for the turn and the other one is a card you're going to play. But there are plenty of times when you're going to see multiple spells and you have to make the decision. Do I play this spell? Or, you know, I know I've got more, more impulse draw coming. So I'm going to hold off here, find out what the other impulse, find out what the other draws are, and then make a decision on with all of them. Mm. And and there's you know, it's not as though impulse draw is just you know, uh, there there you know there is uh, there is strategy behind this. There is there is a skill to playing this. Um, you know, I don't want to. I certainly don't want to suggest that. You know that the folks, the folks playing all the blue card draw are the only ones who have to put, are the only ones who put any strategy into this, and and the folks playing red are just simply go go go, and you know and cruising along. There there is strategy behind this, and uh, you know it just may, you know it's just something yeah. that, something that needs to be kept in mind. I think in some aspects, honestly, it, it takes a little bit more effort uh, to consider impulse draw. Um, and you know, not to say the opposite of what you were saying in terms of like it's it's also not like like neither of us are trying to say that it's it, you know easier or better or worse or harder than or like bigger brained than uh, than yeah, blue yeah. card draw. Uh, but I, I think not, that, I'm not willing to go down that road. That's not um, that. that I think I think that it is uh, in its unique way. Uh, there's more to it than the draw. Like for me, um, let's let's talk about Lelia. Uh, it Lelia on attack allows you to do an impulse draw. When you exile from your library or your graveyard, she gets a plus one plus one counter. It's as simple as that. Uh, but I think that if you build a deck fully based around impulse draw say or mm. these types of effects you end up judging cards obviously like you said differently um because you have to make that split decision you have to uh go all in in this case um and it allows you to be a little bit more understanding about card draw in general i think that it helped me kind of let go of any inhibition of like oh like you know if i if i exile ember cleave i'm not going to be able to play it anymore and it's like okay you move on to the next card you move on and you move on and you move on and i think that that's right. the point of impulse drives that like it's not necessarily about the fact that you are exiling things it's a matter of you should have other ways in your deck to continue on if you you know accidentally impulse draw your win card right. uh well 
it's it's like when you uh, when players get to draw a card, they draw their card, they draw their card, and when a player gets a full hand of seven cards, and they have the option to draw more cards, you see it. Some players don't make the draw. They're like, no, I'll wait because I don't want to have to discard the cards. That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. You all, you want the best cards you can get in your hand. Adding three more cards means that your overall best seven is going to be better than the seven in your hand. Now, yes, it means you're going to have to discard, but you watch people who understand that, yeah, yeah, I, I'll draw another, I'll draw another seven. And then I get to pick the best seven of the 14. Well, we're, su- we're saying the exact same thing here with impulse draw. Because when you're getting more of them, yeah, sure, you still have to pick, but you're getting to pick the best one. And you watch as player, you know, some players will, uh, you know, ooh, impulse draw. I only want to impulse draw what I know I can play. Well, no, you don't. You want to impulse draw as many cards as you can so you can play the best of the ones you've chosen. And when people move, uh, and you watch as Magic players move from that whole holding their seven and not drawing anymore to just trying to get the best hand, or in this case, with impulse draw, trying to get the best options, um, that's when you, you know, that's when you get to watch the player level up. Yeah, and I think too, like, kind of along the same lines, like, I mean, the exact same lines. I'm just gonna repeat what you said. Uh, <clears throat> okay, you, like. <laughs> If you're discarding cards, you know, the the fear is that you won't be able to play them. And, like, well, if that's the case, then, like, if, if the case is that you feel like you won't be able to play them because they're in the graveyard, there is no difference between that and impulse draw then. Because right. that is exactly what you're doing. You're throwing them away yeah. to never play them again. And if your fear is that, well, with impulse draw, I have no chance of playing them out of the graveyard, then it it forces you to evaluate on the fly for one. So like you get yeah. critical thinking skills just by doing the act because you get to be like, will I be able to play this? If the answer is no, okay, it's gone. That You don't have to make right. a decision beyond that. Uh, sure. If you can, then you have to decide when to play it. And if you want to play it over any of the cards that are in your hand. So it, it, evolves your way of understanding the cards in your deck beyond just being in your deck uh beyond any sort of magical christmas land that you may you know be able to find ways to recur things out of your graveyard or ways to like you know be able to pull things off and it it allows you to look at cards in any given moment and uh what's the word uh evaluate i guess uh yeah. their their importance in your deck and obviously importance at any given point in a game um right because i mean if you end up finding that you are kind of bring it back to what i was talking about at near the beginning of the episode if you're finding that you're exiling a certain card or type of card through impulse draw that you always find that you never have enough uh, mana for, then yeah, maybe you take back a little bit of the impulse draw. And sure, with respect to 
a little bit more expensive regular draw. Uh, but like the beautiful thing with impulse draw is that it is generally, especially with the repeated impulse draw, much, much cheaper. Um, so um, I think, um, you know, as we start to wrap this up, um, I've, I, I wrote a little love letter. Uh, I had this idea uh, for this episode as I wanted it to be like a love letter to Lelia. Uh, and then I was like, what if I just wrote a love letter? Like, I think that'd be cute, you know? So, uh, <clears throat> without further ado... Oh, I'm going to knock my microphone over. Hold on. <laughs> Grab some tissues uh, and buckle up. Uh, <laughs> exactly. My dearest Lelia, I don't expect everyone will understand you. No... <clears throat> Are you getting choked up? Uh... I don't expect everyone will understand you, nor do I anticipate that you will receive a modicum of, a, of the attention that you deserve. What you have done for me may be specific to me, but to translate that to others would mean the world to us both. If you're unaware, and this is where the love letter metaphor kind of breaks down, you are a 2-2 with haste for 3 mana. When you attack, I exile the top card of my library, and I may play that card this turn. When one or more uh, when one or more cards are put into exile from my library and or my graveyard you don a plus one plus one counter mm, haste mm, haste what a love. what a lovely it's it's a thing that i look for in women is haste uh the things i would give up for you the knowledge of goods gone by knows no bounds as long as it serves you in your journey your journey to beat face and dodge removal the tools at my disposal have gathered dust over the years, but when I think about you, I am inspired to use every last piece, for good or for bad. These tools, these spells, these moments, bring back the memory, the ghost of you. If only for an instant, if only for a turn, I get to play with the ideas, imagine the possibilities, burn my opponents with the passion that you've put everything on the line for. I see you, and I think to myself, what if Prosper never existed? What if you were never immediately overshadowed? You've taught me the gift of immediacy, chance, impulse. To have and to have not, these are the extremes of the drawing spectrum. Exiled, never to return, never to be recurred, only to be missed. I find myself lucky having so many opportunities to show you what I would give up for you. But in another life, one where I don't have as many cards in a deck, I would tear through these haunted halls finding an answer, finding an end, finding my missing piece. And sure, many times I may not have enough wrought power to continue, but your strength allows me to carry on. You've inspired me to continue digging, no matter the cost. Regardless of the missing out, you've destined to teach myself and hopefully others that not all is lost. To put our full heart into the actions we take and move on from not only our each, uh, each turn with our heads held high, but from each game with pride and love for those still around us. Your passing, no matter how long ago, is heartbreaking, but your awoken spirit has signaled the beginning of something beautiful, strong, and teachable. I'll, I will return to you one day as your relevance continues set to set, inspiring new card design, things to rid ourselves of, and see the things we pass not only as lost experiences, but as ones we have yet to return to. I challenge every single player to find you, to build around you, to embrace your efforts, because a wise man once told me that each game is fleeting. To which I say, uh, you're only going to see a fraction of your deck anyway. Losing it to Impulse Draw is hardly any different than never drawing it. Our inevitable return to Arcavius will be a special occasion for me, whether it's in the future 
or if we get to meet again before your tragic passing, I know you'll be in hearts and minds of many red players. May you continue to teach expediency, frenzy, and excitement. We'll always have chaos, Harlequin. Many red pips, Andy. So, it's a... <laughs> thank you. It was a, a meaningful card for me to, to discover. Um, because I think that it... Deserves to be mono red. I think that uh, any any impulse draw outside of oh, I think any impulse draw outside of mono red is tough to justify. I mean, you see it kind of in Escape to the Wilds, and I look at it and I'm like, okay, there is a red thing and a green thing stapled onto one card, and that's why there's green in it. Uh, but like. I think Prosper was just the the result of I don't know, like needing it to just have a second color. Um, <laughs> I think Prosper could have done just as well as red, and like I'm fine with it having black, and I love the card and I love the deck. Um, but I think Lelia really marks a an entry into a part of red color design that like wizards has been handling fairly well um i'm i'm really enjoying you know things like reckless impulse i'm i'm, I'm really enjoying that kind of thing where it's like okay like we see what impulse draw can do what can it do over another turn where people actually have the ability to not only play cards on their next turn but like on other people's turns i think that the thing right. about reckless impulse that we didn't talk about uh, having the access to these cards beyond just that first turn is having it be available for other people's turns as as reactionary rather than just full like not thinking and solitary thing but yeah um, that's kind of kind of all I got I'm exhausted now, honestly. Uh, <laughs> um, if uh, if you're ever looking for an, a nice impulse draw deck list, uh, I've got I've got my Lelia deck. Uh, we had a whole episode about my Lelia deck, but uh, I'll I'll put the deck list in the description again. And um, I mean, like I said, I I challenge you to all to go. Build a Lele deck at least for a game, or borrow somebody's, or something. I don't know. Uh, I think that using impulse draw is an interesting way to give you exercise in in thought, in give you a lesson right. in in the cards you put in your deck because it requires you to be a little bit more critical of your own decisions in deck building right. where if you weren't given that opportunity if you if it wasn't just okay you have to play this now or never it would just be sitting in your hand and you wouldn't give it a second thought you wouldn't be like oh i'm never playing this card even when i draw it you know you would but it would take you a lot longer than if you were to just sure. impulse draw through it um but you know yeah uh do you have anything else it was uh, 
Impulse draw is not something that I tend to do a lot of, just because of the way I build the decks. Mm -hmm. um, I oftentimes end up pairing red with something else that is heavy on regular card draw, so I don't tend to go that route. But uh, it was nice to uh, to get the chance to talk about it and sort of, you know, take a deep dive and look at the look at uh, some of the positive positives of impulse draw that you know that aren't always seen. It's it's very yeah. easy to 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 treat it negatively. So I'm glad we got a chance to look it over. Me too. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, as we fade out into the exile zone uh, for the end of our turn, uh, I implore you to go check out our YouTube. We are now a visual component. There's a visual component as well. You'll see cards pop up uh, as we talk about them. You'll see our lovely uh, faces. Uh, You'll endlessly wonder what's behind door number one or door number two. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, next next week I'll get a green screen and I'll have three wooden doors behind me. There we go. I'll be so confused. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, check out our YouTube. Um, we will obviously still be as uh, and we'll, we'll still be as podcasty as always. Like you, you will always be able to listen to us if you want to strictly just listen to us. That's never going to be. Uh, a thing um but uh yeah we're not we're not we're definitely not temple of the false cast it's true um we're temple of the false pod where our decks are not optimized but our plays sure as heck are fun i'm andy i'm bruce yeah, that he is uh go play some magic for me go build a, a lelia deck go go cherish your 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 cards uh and i uh, we'll we'll see you next week, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!